0: Hello and welcome to the Acolytes of Merlin. Uh, today we are discussing *Rhythm of War*, Book Four of the Stormlight Archive by Brandon Sanderson. Uh, we are very excited for this episode. Uh, I've been looking forward to it for a long time, uh, and so we have some guests with us tonight. Uh, so I, I'm we are your hosts, Johnny and John. And with us, we have
1: Tim Aaron. and Aaron. Sorry just steal your fire. <laughs> yes. Tim and
0: Aaron. Very good. Very good. So uh, we'll probably be doing this in three episodes, just uh, so everyone, just so people are aware. Uh, and we'll, we will organically kind of hit up different topics so, as they come along. Uh, so, so what first, did y'all
2: think? Yeah. <laughs> um. So I'll go ahead and I'll get oh, wait, started. Sorry, real quick. First oh. of
0: all, very important.
2: Full spoilers for
0: the entire yeah. Rhythm of War book. Uh, and if we are going to discuss Cosmere spoilers, we will note that. But mm-hmm. regardless, all for all three of these episodes, full spoilers for the whole book. And, and for
3: the rest of the Stormlight Archive as well, if you read the rest of them. Or something.
2: <laughs> yes. Or if you started in book four, you were very confused. <laughs> yeah. um, so I'll go ahead and get started, and and my overall um, review is going to have Cosmere spoilers as well. Um, so I'm going to start with my negatives to get started, uh, and I have two. Uh, one that's going to be a little more um, uh, accessible to people. Um One of the things that I love in, in fantasy or sci-fi or just like literature in general is when the setting can become a character and when the setting feels vibrant and alive. And one great example of that is the Harry Potter series with Hogwarts. Like Hogwarts is a character especially in like book three where they have the Marauder's map or book five where they have the room of requirement um, because it plays such an integral role interacting with or being a foil for the characters. Um, And you feel like, like Hogwarts is someone, not a place. And the first three books of the Stormlight archives, I had that sensation. I felt like the Shattered Plains was a character. I felt like um, the different kingdoms, all, all ten of the kingdoms, were characters. And and even, even in Book 1, um, even in Way of Kings, I felt like Shadesmar was a character that we were introduced to that we just didn't really know much about. Um, and I felt like with rhythm of war, even the flora and fauna. I just want to put that in there. Yeah, no, yes. agreed, one hundred percent. Like, yes. the, like when 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 Yasna says to Shalan, like you know, like how dare you go into there without any stormlight and like un- being unprepared, and and then Shalan like like talking about like she's like immersed in the sea of beads. Um, that set both the setting, but it also introduced you to this character and i feel like rhythm of war didn't have any new characters in the way of setting um and i don't think that's it's a negative for me only because i i like having that embellishment but um it, it it's also unavoidable um because book 4 was very much a a pivot point um but the tower didn't feel like a character in, in book four, like it did very much in book two, uh, similar to Shadesmar in book one. Book two, the tower was like, oh, it wait. With Oathbringer. Well, no, with book two, because they get there. Like at the end of Words oh, yeah, um, yeah. of, uh, Wars of yeah. Radiance, they're like, oh shit, like yeah. we just activated an oath gate and we are now in the magical city. And you're yeah. like, oh, wait, like we're introduced to this mythic character. Um, And very much in in Oathbringer, um, Earthru is like very much a character because they talk about the war camps moving from the Shattered Plains into the tower. They are talking about um, like discovering rooms and mapping it out and finding the pillar room and and Shallan with wit and and the light about the story about the girl who goes over the wall. Like all of that was setting yeah, and I, and, I think it's... Regardless. no, no. Go ahead. No, yeah, go ahead.
0: No, so I think that's generally a fair point. I think we. I think part of that the story is more contained. Like you said, you're in the tower, uh, but it, it's it's more a lot like a lot of it's the siblings saying, "Hey, go here, stop them from doing this." Hey, you need to go here and stop them from doing that.
1: Hey, uh,
2: But one thing that I I feel like Sanderson could have done that uh jk rowling did with harry potter there was mystery and there was history all over hogwarts so all the characters were like oh i remember hearing all of these secrets and all of these stories about hogwarts from centuries past and with the tower they were like, well, yeah. There's all these stories, and we just don't know what they are. They, they were just lost to time, and
3: it's weird because um, "Rhythm of War"
2: is when the tower is literally a character. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> the, the, but the mystery of of discovering the mm-hmm. tower, like when, like again, like, and I saw the amethyst stream in the wall, and I knew to follow that, and I discovered a hidden room. I was just like, but I'm not excited about that, and I should be.
0: No, that um, I I think that's fair. I mean, in Old you get a little more of that in particular as far as like the stories with the epigraphs of the drawers of the like yeah. the different reflections from the different radiance. Uh you get more you get a little more of that. Um even though even if it's just even if it's epigraphs, but
2: um so I think that's my my first negative. My second negative, and that was the way he told the story. Um because in the three previous books, there was consistent, like the characters were always like jumbled around and like the plot threads were always interwoven. Whereas, excuse me, um, with with Rhythm of War, you had the Shadesmar and you had Italy and Shallan doing their thing for the first part and the third part. But, like, part two, like, they don't even show up. They haven't really talked about. Um, the War in a mule Like, it's just, like, it's there sometimes, and then other times it's not. And I really appreciated in the first three books where everything was happening, even if, just, like, even if, like, someone just dipped in, even just someone checked in every once in a while to say, like, oh, yeah, this is what's going on over here. Um, Rhythm of War kind of deviated from that. Why would... uh, additionally, okay. oh, go ahead. No, just, would... I was just Sorry. Go ahead. Uh, and then the other thing was, um, and I talked about this with you, Johnny, um, where I like I got like a good third of the way through the book, and I said, "Oh, it's really surprising that Sanderson deviated from his flashback um, trope because the first three books were so heavily reliant on that." But like, I just got started with part two, and like there haven't been any flashbacks. Um. But such a big part of Rhythm of War had happened without any flashbacks. But the first three books, like the flashbacks, were like front and center. So I think him starting the flashbacks a little bit later in the series, or sorry, later in the in book four, was a little uh, unconventional for the style that he'd set up. Um, I, I do. not I generally agree. I think
0: we can get into that when we get more into like Venley and some of that, but I generally agree with that. I do want to push back a little bit on the structure thing because in Oathbringer, I would say the structure with how, what you were talking about, how he's telling the story broke, really broke away with Oathbringer. Uh, Whereas with Wave of Kings and Word of everyone's on the Shattered Plains except for Sean and Yasna in Wave of Kings. Uh, And in Oathbringer, you still have, like, you have the culinary mission, which is, like, I, I think there's a section where you, you see very little from a couple of characters. Yeah, well, obviously in part four I think you see almost nothing from not Shades Mar. So I think he starts deviating from having the characters intermingled in Oathbringer. It's just a little more pronounced here because they're not as interwoven
2: as they are in Oathbringer. And they're even right. more physically spread out too. And, and I would agree with that. And I feel like w- even with Oathbringer, like because you're right, like the, the battling colonar, like the, you know, activating the the Oathgates in in Shadesmar were were spread out, but they still like hinted at each other. Um but yeah. I, I think at that point we're just kind of parsing things. Um so I think those are like the two negatives, but now for my positives, I loved how much they that, that Sanderson started integrating his other stories. I mean, I feel like he's doing more to start pulling all of the threads of the Cosmere together. And I really appreciated that. And my, my reading experience was enhanced because of that. Um, and then I think that for me, as a recap, just overall impressions, I feel like Kaladin was wonderful in his character development. Um, hundred percent agree. <laughs> you know when when Dalinar had to say, "Like, soldier, I'm putting you on," and Kaladin like having an identity crisis, and Dalinar is the father figure saying, "Hey, every soldier experiences this, and the fact that like you've gone so far and you haven't needed this like is a testament to testament uh what you've Not gone true. through." Um. And, and Kaladin having to grapple with that, I felt like his struggle was very realistic. I felt like Teft was a wonderful foil for him, uh, especially like Teft having like his struggles with addiction and coming out of addiction, having to then re-identify himself. Teft was a great role model for Kaladin for, hey, here's how you reinvent yourself. And I felt like the family dynamic of Kaladin basically saying like, you're my parents and I love you, but my identity is separate from you, I think was also very well written. And I think the scene where his father like says, like, you, murderer, get out of my clinic Um, was her. very impactful and yeah. very realistic. And I think both both Liren and Kaladin w- were very realistic in how they reacted. I babbled long enough, so someone else go. Aaron, what were what, uh,
3: are your impressions?
2: Yeah, this this book
1: it's something that I've always admired about Sanderson with this series is he continued to unveil more and more of the picture as the books went on. It's sort of like um you know, things get turned on their head in Way of Kings and then the picture opens wider. With Words of Radiance, and then once again with Oathbringer. And then now we're here and the picture is getting wider. Now the Cosmere is being connected through. Um, but I think in this book, more than any other, uh, we get a lot of zoom ins, uh, more um uh, sort of you know, grabbing the telescope and focusing on characters and 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 um flushing out more detail. In characters that maybe we didn't have from the first three books, um, some that immediately come to mind would be like Nivani, or David, or Maya, or even you know Shalyn and 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 Kaladin in their own um, character developments in in, in themselves. Um, there's a lot of um, expanding on on what we already have. And I think this is a very good um, penultimate book.
0: Yes, I feel it, like there
1: was a lot of um, setup in this book, and I feel like you know, in the fact that knowing big picture, hey, this series is ten books; it's two arcs of five. This fifth book that's coming out in a couple years is going to, um, in a sense conclude whatever part of this story that Sanderson wants to tell, um, we kind of need to, okay, A, get our stakes for the final book, and then B, um, you know, flesh out some details and kind of just do some, uh, it feels like we're kind of at the pit stop and the crew is just fixing the car and we're getting ready to run the final lap here. I feel like that's the function of
2: this book and uh, I feel like for, for where this book is, it did that very well. Well, and going off of that with, with the Navani thing, one thing that I loved about the Navani conversations with Rabaniel was Navani in her internal monologue being like, oh, they, all these people who've been around for centuries, they, they didn't know that. Or, oh, they, they weren't aware of these things. And I love that introspection because in like one sentence, you were able to create this massive explanation of centuries past. So I definitely agree, like, having that focus on Navani and her as a quote-unquote scholar mm-hmm. really illuminated a lot about the universe and the Cosmere.
0: Yes. Yeah. And I like you know, what you were saying about, like, the kind of... like, going deeper into some of these characters like Navani and uh, Maya, because it's it's showing it's also illustrating what Sanderson says about magic systems about going deeper into your magic system before you like introduce totally brand new elements, both with characters with like Navani and Maya and like David and also like with the magic itself, uh, mm-hmm. where we just get really into the weeds, so to speak with how the mechanics and the science of it of like the lights and the tones work. Uh, in terms of really kind of focusing a lot of, like, more of the focus, focusing more of the world.
1: Yeah, I feel like we get a lot in relation to to science and some of the more um, intellectual aspects of the world rather than the uh, sort of um, battle strategy, physical... Conflicts between nations uh, that maybe we had in, in in previous books. I mean, it's still here, obviously, with with everything that's going on with the tower, and also outside the tower. There's a lot going outside the tower um, in the actual world of Bashar. But um, yeah, this this uh, this really helps. Kind of, I don't know. I'm trying to find my words, <laughs> lost it somewhere. Yeah,
0: right like. Well, I think your pit stop analogy and what you were saying about less of the kind of big battles, even though there is a lot of battling and action sequences, makes sense also given that, you know, Oathbringer ends with this really big, climactic battle sequence uh, and book five will well, we'll talk about that, but probably have some sort of big climactic battle sequence of some sort uh, probably yeah, and so this, yeah, like kind of resolving more some of the more care a lot of the more uh character driven stuff for some of the characters who might not be quite as pivotal and or or who might have more plot things to do than deep character things in the next book.
2: But Yeah. Aaron, what are some other characters that you felt like got a spotlight or, that maybe hadn't in the previous well, three books?
1: Um, I think for me, um a big one was probably Lift. Um, I know Lyft had been involved in the first three books, but I feel like in this one, I kind of fully understand her um, very well in this book. I feel like um, we're starting to also see a little bit into Renewing as well, um, just with how he works. Um, And then also, I mean, this, this is the Will Shaper book, so... So Venli is going to get a lot more um, context to her as well, and um, and then probably another big one would be the culture of the singers and the fused and that was big. How up. their society how their society works. I feel like it was really important, especially in a a series. I mean, this is this is their world. You know, everybody else is just living in it. Um learning I don't know how things have worked.
0: Yeah, oh, yeah, although and,
1: although you know, everything yeah. kicked off.
0: Um well I, I do want to get into that to of that for a second. But John, what were your overall 'cause I I, 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 I before we get yeah. too much into yeah, so, um, oh, yeah, too much the weird
3: I wheel. um uh, I, I I I would I'll say this was my, um, speaking as someone who doesn't, who who really en- enjoys these books, but it, it doesn't like, um, I always feel myself a bit, a bit distant from them and don't like invite them all too much into my, um, feeling of, oh, this is, th- these are like becoming part of my life and part of myself mm-hmm. um this which I know is is not something you can relate to but um, <laughs> <laughs> the, um this was probably my favorite if for no other reason that it it's it's been um improving each time um improving in what way like what capacity um well, it is I, I feel strongly in saying that it is the best written book. Um We've anyway, had that conversation <laughs> already. But, um it it just um from a from a technical standpoint, it has um more world-grounded language in it. Um there are more similes in it, um and in universe idioms. So you have like i, I he used chulls a lot to um to take um, to emulate sort of idioms in our world, like chol's pulling a cart, putting the cart before the chol instead of the cart before the horse, or stuff like that um and and it also felt more in into the world because there were fewer. Anachronisms. There were fewer phrases that felt like they were out of place and out of time yes. with everything else. Um, so I really appreciated that.
1: The most immersive um, book.
3: It it did feel yeah. like the most immersive book. Um, in that sense. In a different sense, um, I agree that especially after, uh, Phelan Field and everything that happened, it was also an especially introspective book, which I think we touched on. Um, and as a result, and and also as a result of um, the settings being uh, relatively few and kind of contained, um, means that, one, to your point, Tim, about it feeling like... Um,
0: John, did we lose you?
1: I'm hanging on everywhere Thank in you. the
0: world because. It's... I, I, sorry, I think we lost you for.
1: Yeah,
0: we, we lost you. I'm uh, so, so very curious as to what you were
1: saying. All right, did you lose me? Um, right after you said, uh, after I said, "Oh, immersive, but also introspective," which we touched on.
3: Oh, okay. A yeah, bit after it, that. Yeah, it, it was it was introspective, and um, uh, the the scenes were all um. Um, and it, it, I mean, isolated in a sense that it wasn't as immersed in the world um, in the way that, like, the the writing made it. So it was kind of like a tit-for-tat. Um, the the writing stuff that I mentioned made it feel more immersive, but the fact that the scenes were um, a little more divorced from the setting, uh, to Tim's point that the setting felt more like a character, um it was a sort of a lack of world in that sense and and so it that felt a little less immersive and i mean it 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 came uh, we we exchanged that for more uh character um immersion instead so that, that 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 was something um but it was definitely something that i i think that encapsulates what i felt was a little off about the book sort of like it 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 felt like it wasn't um I wasn't along for a ride quite as much as the others. Mm. Um, p- pacing aside, which is a, a whole other dimension to
2: it. Um, so those are, those are my overall thoughts. Um, the, the only other... I'm really quick to interrupt. Yeah. I, I agree. Like, I wasn't along for a ride, but at the same time, I was front and center at the point of action. If that makes sense. Especially at the tower. Yes, it was intimate. It was intimate. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah, but, I wasn't there for the ride, but I was there. Like, uh, kind of, the You there for the station, stationary. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. Well, well, at least a part of it is because like it's a lot of it is into the weeds of the magic, and a lot of there's a lot, exactly, even even yeah. more internal conflict, in particular with Kaladin and Shallan and Nivani, uh, and Venli. Then um, there was less often less connected to like the external conflict. Um which mm-hmm. probably makes it feel like quote unquote less of a ride, so to speak, but can like really make for some really good emotional and character work. Yeah, and that's clearly
3: where his focus was. Um that's just that, that's that that was the 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 overall result um yeah. from, from all those different elements. The only other thing I would want to brought up is that um it wasn't quite what I expected in that. I don't remember if it was something that you told me, Johnny, or if it, it probably was. That's my only connection to anybody. <laughs> but um, it, was, it was sold to me as sort of an, um, they were gonna, it was going to be a sort of arms race, and they were going to have these ethical questions about what they were using. And Navani did have some of that, so that element was there. Um, but it was pretty in the background. Like it wasn't a major theme. Like I, I thought that um, they were going to say something like, "Oh, should we use this weapon?" "Oh no, it does. It's, it has it has these and such consequences." "Oh, but we need to do it." You know, I, I thought it was going to be something more like that. So in that sense, mm-hmm. I was taken a little off guard. Um, but it wasn't something I was attached to. So I,
0: no big I deal. think that's fair. I think that stuff will more be ad- well. It's kind of addressed. I think in particular in some Dalinar and Terra Vengeance scenes together and well i think we're yes. going to get a large part of the next book is going to be about that type of the like like a lot of it's about like what's the, where's the line and i think that we're gonna they're gonna be faced dalinar in particular will be faced with what is the line <laughs> in the next book but okay uh, well, well
3: what about you sir
0: Overall, I really enjoyed it. It's it was an awesome book. Uh, I I need to finalize my rankings, but um, I but I probably put well, yeah. I guess we can all do like a ra- rankings at the end. But I really liked Kaladin's character work in particular. I really like Adolin just in general. I like his relationship with Shallan a lot. Uh, I didn't love like I wasn't quite as uh like I, I didn't l- super enjoy all the science stuff. I'm glad it's there, and I think it was absolutely like needed for the series and will be really important going forward. Mm-hmm. I, I like Verboniel and Navani's relationship a lot,, uh, but it wasn't it-, it wasn't always the most uh engrossing to me. Uh, and kind of the same with Venli, um more so the flashbacks. Just because there, I feel like there wasn't as essentially the early flashbacks. So there wasn't quite as much new stuff. Like we would already seen like parts of that And Words of Radiance in particular uh, with Eshinai. But but Ulim is great and creepy and evil uh, and yeah he he was probably like my the most kind of engrossing part of the flashbacks for me, just in terms of keeping me engaged um you yeah a I voice in the audiobook oh yes oh yeah i yeah I imagine um because well, because they're just great, <laughs> but uh yeah i the other stand out yeah I mean t- we'll get into this with todium the tervanium becoming odium twist. Is one of might become my favorite twist of sorts ever, uh, usurping a certain one or two Star Wars twists. Uh, but oh, yeah, so that was kind of something I didn't love as much. Uh, and that's more just more personal to me that I didn't click with me as well. Yeah, I thought all the Warren and Mule stuff was great, like everything with Yasna is really cool, the Shar stuff is crazy, and also very nopey. I really like Moash as a kind of a direct uh, foil to Kaladin, but like, very direct, like, in a just... Braze is too nice of a place for Moash. Let's put it that way. (laughs) Uh... Which is damnation for the for like the damnation slash where the fused go after they die between desolations and the heralds. <laughs> but uh, yeah, that's really cool. The fourth is really cool. Yeah, and we'll touch on a lot of some of this more, but yeah, and I I do agree with the it is his best written book comment. I think that's I think that's rings true. Uh in terms of like how intentionally he places things or writes certain scenes or characters. Well,
3: uh, um, so I I think the most common uh, character that we've all brought up as, as someone to uh, focus on and relate to has been
2: Kaladin. Is that fair? Yes. So I yeah. think, yeah. With with a secondary of Navani, like, yeah, it's being hmm. like number one. Navani is definitely number two. Okay. Well, and it,
0: it's funny because it's Venley's book, but it's really kind it's really Navani's. <laughs> I think,
2: yeah, it's it's it's
0: it's a stealth it's, Navani book,
2: yes. and, and I feel like be, the reason being is that we saw so much of, uh, in books one, two, and three of those flashbacks. Like we knew what was happening already. Like Kaladin's flashbacks in book one, we hadn't experienced yet. And Shallan's flashbacks in books two we hadn't experienced yet. And Dalinar's flashbacks in book three we hadn't experienced. But in book four, like, no, we, we were in the Shattered Planes. Like we we knew everything that was building up to the the assassination and and seeing everything that led up to the uh, exper- uh, meeting the, the Parshend and, and all that stuff. So it, it wasn't anything new, really and truly. Yes. If that makes sense.
0: Yes. So, all right, we'll, we'll come bookmark that. Let's go start with our boy, Kaladin. Yep. Yeah.
3: Um, I found myself thinking about him a lot. And when when I when I wasn't reading, I was like, "Is is 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 he going to be okay?" Um, okay. <laughs> I, yeah, I I, I I um especially when you know he's in in his room, clutching his head, not able to escape himself, um, was really really well done. I um, absolutely yeah. yes, yeah. It, it I, was it was great.
0: Yeah, I I think. Yeah, I, I think that seems really important and really well done. Uh, and it's important to see him at his low point. Uh, and funnily enough, this the his arc was supposed to just be even darker. But yeah, but like, that's right. I remember but that. Like basically, mm-hmm. because of twenty twenty, like a lot of the like beta readers and like are people in the editing process. Or basically, because it was also like during 2020 that they would have been doing a lot of this work, (laughs) Uh, saying like, hey, like, this is too much, like with what's going on right now, Uh, like in the actual, in the real world. But yeah, I I like, uh, not like, but I think that it's important that he, especially in that scene, that we physically see him broken in that room and i absolutely adore the entire scene where adolin comes to basically t- t- talk kaladin into uh coming out going out to the bar with him and charlotte
1: oh yes
0: i love that entire sequence uh and i also just love the whole bar sequence after but yeah it's really really good uh and it's also like adorable that Sil sought out Adolin because he was one of the only people that Kaladin wouldn't yeah. boss around, <laughs> or, or, that, or that, that wasn't afraid of him.
2: Yeah.
3: <laughs> yes. Um. So we so we get a lot of good stuff there, but obviously his his biggest plot thing and, and the place he spends most time in is um being basically being the main character of Die Hard. <laughs> um, he's 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 in the tower. It's it's mm-hmm. taken over, and he's and he's and he's doing his thing. Um, and I thought that that was an interesting concept. Um, it it was a bit limited for me in how interesting it made the reading. I mean, like I I I en- enjoyed what it was trying to do, but it it as I was reading it, it it didn't seem like much was tr- changing from moment to moment um, for me. So it, it, I was a little unsure about that part, but I love that he was, we've already talked about the, a bit about the confrontation with his father, which was which was really good. Um, I love that he took a scalpel and used the scalpel yes. as
2: the weapon.
3: yeah, a very, very smart move. and while he said, like hey,
2: so can you become a scalpel? <laughs> <laughs> right.
0: yeah, that was great. I agree with especially with when they're in the tower, uh, that that. It does feel like the fight scenes with Lezien at all get repetitive. Uh, yeah. And as cool as they are at points, it does feel like, okay, we're, g- we're going to fight over another node. Okay. Like they all kind of are starting to blur together now. <laughs> uh, but, it, uh, but, but like that's second, or, but it, it works and it is fun that it's, the diehard setup is fun.
3: And at least uh, it felt like with the nodes, even though it was like this is the next, you know, this is the next.
1: Uh, uh, video
3: game this is the next video game task. <laughs> it, it was um, at least it felt like he was barely getting it done each time. That's true. It was yes, like really yeah. hard, and that 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 definitely helped with those scenes. Yes.
2: But there's also something to be said for um, knowing that. Your boy Kaladin is always going to succeed, um, except he doesn't. He doesn't succeed in Oathbringer, but well, <laughs> <ahead>. sorry, yeah, <laughs> yes, but well, <laughs> he he doesn't. Well, he doesn't succeed in what capacity is kind of the thing. It's like yeah, yeah, I, I, I mean, Kaladin is is like the like will always land on his uh, on his feet. Um, but with, with everything that was being thrown at him, you, you always knew that, like, in the end, at the end of the book, things were going to be okay. Um, so even though they're like, oh, like, the second node has been destroyed, the third node has been destroyed. Oh, wait, like, the fourth node is being corrupted, dot, dot, dot. Um, You always knew that things were going to turn around. Um. I would have loved to have seen, you know, them get like evicted from the tower, and like all of the night, uh, the knights' radiance get expelled, and like book five being okay. Well, now we need to retake the tower. Um, but that that just wasn't part of the purview. That wasn't going to be the scope of work for this epic storyline. And and in uh, any story, unless you start out with, like, an anti-hero or you're, like, deliberately creating an experience where you want your reader to, like, be unsatisfied, any sort of work is, like, even though they're, like, they're going to be at their lowest point, you know they're going to pull through.
0: Yeah, and I I think, well, I think part of the reason that he didn't, maybe, didn't do the, they kick all the radiance out and completely take over your theory is we're kind of getting that already with Colonar. Uh, to a degree. So I think it maybe that would have felt a little bit samey. Not not entirely because it's like more devastating because you know they lose all the Oathgates, but and, and lots of other stuff. But yeah, but that's that's a fair point.
2: Well I think that goes back to me and my my point about the settings being character is that like Kolinar, we really didn't experience that much of colonar until Oathbringer. Mm-hmm. Whereas the tower, we had a big chunk of the tower and living in the tower and having characters have interactions and exploring the tower. So losing the tower was way more significant than losing colonar Yeah. If that makes
3: sense. Yeah. Yeah. You could pass colonar off as sort of like, oh, that's has emotional connection, but like as far as like our character our heroes going to victory, it's a sort of a thing of the passport. Made it very clear how important your theory was.
0: Yeah, yeah, Uh, yeah. I I think that the reason the like Kaladin's the plot stuff with him being a little more repetitive is okay because the he he, because the real focus is like his struggle with depression and and PTSD and 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 Moash's slash Odium's continued temptation and pushing him i think that that emotional oh sorry you say something all right yeah that, the emotional core of that was really compelling and done really well in a way that it kept me really engaged with uh, calvin's character like despite some of the plot more plot-based stuff with the nodes not being quite as gripping
2: so a comparison that I want to make with Moash and Kaladin is Professor Xavier and Magneto. Oh, you know? no. So here's, here's, here's where I want to go. Like, Is that Moash is just like, Kaladin's my friend. And I just need to explain to him and show him that he's mm-hmm. wrong yeah, so that he can come and be his true self. And isn't that what Magneto's doing with Charles Xavier the entire time? I think that I think there's a lot of different
0: I'm not going to like that because Magneto is Okay, there are parts of Magneto where like at least philosophically you kind of get Oh, I see why I see where you're coming from and maybe why you're doing certain things to some extent. And Moash starts that way can you look at Moash after he kills Teft and say he's like Magneto? He killed Teft because he felt like it.
2: Basically, he didn't. Well, he didn't have to kill. No, well, he killed Teft because Teft well, was an obstacle Kaladin. for him to getting through to Kaladin.
0: Yes, yeah, yeah. He he, he broke Teft to get to Kaladin, but like he, he was gonna do the same thing with like Liren. Like it, it was, but it, but it it was like basically it feels more personal. Whereas like- feel, I think part of the reason it
3: feels more personal is because um with magneto, there is a selfless element to his goal you have um he 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 wants to create a better society society for his kind Yes. whereas mo there there is nothing but selfish need for moash both mm-hmm. both in his um need to become without pain so that he can't be hurt and nonetheless to still kind of have a friend to share that with him and
2: ever it takes. But but is what about justice? His grandparents were killed by There's yeah. that. So <laughs> and is he no different than the Skybreakers? That,
0: well and, and there there is a deeper discussion to be had with Moash as far as like is there any sort of redemption that he's worthy of at all? Uh but the magneto comparison yeah i don't i don't like i think Don's point about magneto looking for some sort of great bettering of society whereas moash moash's whole thing is character choices are centered around like well, of society like entire like entirely like i i I don't care about any of it at all
2: because because why would I? I think for, to, to better exemplify where I was going with that comparison is that Matt, if you were to ask Magneto who's your best friend, he would say Charles Xavier. If you were to ask Moash who's your best friend, he would say Kaladin. If you were to ask Charles Xavier who, who, who's your best friend, he would pause. If you were asked ask Kaladin who's your best friend, he would pause. I think that's where the comparison is really where I was trying to incorporate the two.
0: Yes, but I think... Xavier is more likely to say Magneto than Kaladin is to say Moash. I would agree with that, yes. Kaladin has more has more options.
2: Yes. Yes. <laughs> well, one
0: fewer option now, but Yeah. <laughs>
2: uh, oh, we'll <laughs> <looking> get to that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, one One last two few fewer. Okay. Yeah. Okay,
0: um. Yeah.
3: Um <laughs> but speaking of Moash, uh, he is an extremely he's he's one of those villains that um a, a writer just chooses to say like this is going to be a really effective bad guy. Yep. Because he does a ton of damage. Yes. He yeah. goes after he, he goes after Teft. He he um does is the one to kill Raboniel, um I believe, finally kill Raboniel. Um he's uh Almost kills Navani. He would have, um, and he's just kind of. Well, he thought he did, and he just kind of cuts through everything that, like, they the good guys kind of sort of had up as a like, oh, at, at least no one has, um, no, no one has powers. Oh no, Moash has powers. That there's that out the window. Yeah. Um, so it's, he just fulfills that role, and that's yeah, like, yeah. That's, that's entertaining.
0: As an antagonist, I I love him as an antagonist and, like, kind of someone in the story. But, oh, man, am I – and I've been team – I've always been team Ash. But after Tuft, that's like, no, you can – Braze is, like, go – yeah, Braze is too nice for you. You need, like – something more personal than that.
2: <laughs> well, and, and one of the reasons why I, I want to continue like the, the Magneto Charles Xavier thing is that Moash says to Kaladin, it's like, if you just saw the way that I do, we would be best friends.
0: So I'm not, all right. So if we're going to have a hypothetical, I I, 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 I don't love the Magneto comparison, but I think that there is a Moash comparison to be had with something more along, like, and maybe like I think of it more in terms of a larger redemption thing, because I, uh I, but I, but I still, I still think that he, he's still kind of like, oh well, college is my best friend, but if he kills himself, then he and, and chooses not to join me, then he kills himself and chooses not to join. Me.
2: Well, I I don't know that I want a redemption from Mowash because no no
0: I I don't
2: because uh, when when wouldn't. he's when when he slips away and he's like lying there and um the Fused come and rescue him and he has that moment of clarity where he's actually feeling regret and remorse the first thing that he thinks is not oh my god, I wronged people, it was I don't want to feel this. And how I want to go back to not feeling anything. So, and if we're talking Redemption Darks, I mean, let's just go Zuko, because that's inevitably where it goes. Like, Zuko was being manipulated, and Zuko was being influenced by superior forces. Moash is like, indulging in those superior forces. This Mowash- is
3: Avatar The Last Airbender for those who are not lucky to have, enough to have watched Avatar The Last Airbender.
2: Yes. Uh, Moash is oh, mature I'm
0: enough sure.
2: and adult I'm enough. Ignore that one. Go ahead. Sorry, sorry to interrupt. But is mature enough and adult enough to say I am going to die on this hill that Elokar killed my grandparents. So screw all y'all and I don't care who gets in my way. I will have justice for them. And I don't care what horrible deeds that I need to do in their name.
3: Oh yeah. Elikar. That's that's the other major damage one I was thinking of. Like.
0: Yeah. Well, and well, plot wise, yes, yes, but there, oh, yeah. but, but, but he was, he was not, uh, he was not a threat to Odium in that state, but. Moash still killed him. <laughs> it still had a
3: huge impact.
0: Yeah, with yeah. It's Still, it's still all the heralds were like affected by it, <laughs> like around the world. But yeah, I I agree. I don't. Yeah, I don't want a redemption arc. Uh, I think it would be. I I don't. I just I I part of me thinks this arc is going to be resolved defense. in the- what? Hello. But- I think it would make sense to um, have
3: uh, talk about the one who called him such. Yes. So let's move on to Navani.
0: Yes. So, so we'll we'll take one more watch. I might I might want to come back to him at some point.
1: Mm-hmm. But, yeah.
0: And yeah, and and Kellings stole under- stuff from him, but yes, it is basically Navani's book. So
2: <laughs> yes, agreed. Yeah. Um. So my, my overall thought with Navani was um, what couldn't she do? Like, what wasn't she amazing at? And that that's not a negative. I don't want to make that presented as a negative because um, the entire time, like, she was oppressed. Like, she was just like, okay, like, I'm, I want to do what I can as a queen and I can't. Um, and I think she was incredibly resourceful. Um, And I think Sanderson did very well to make her a incredibly resourceful, powerful, charismatic, can do everything character in the worst possible of circumstances and make that believable. It made it believable because, let's be honest, she messed up most of the time. Yeah, But it was only because Raboniel is so dangerous. Yeah, Raboniel is how many centuries old? Like, yeah, but, but I, I also like, Navani was just like, yeah, she's got, like, 8,000 years on me. And I like that they acknowledged that.
0: Yeah, Raboniel's their relationship is great. Well, and you say, so she, what can't she do? And it's true, kind of true, but also with Nabo Raboniel's help and nudging and with the siblings help and nudging. Now it is all m- mostly her that's doing the legwork for like this a lot of the science stuff. Right. But 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 um uh, basically I'm saying that's all that to say that she's not like a Mary Sue. Like yeah. she has like it like she still need like she still needs the to work with Raboniel and with the sibling to accomplish the different science and plot stuff that she does, uh, and she also, you know, through accomplishing the science stuff, she's also helping the fused <laughs> uh with the anti investor stuff as well. But
3: and uh, we should, uh, what, what about her imposter syndrome, too? That was that was something that was something that um. Uh, the p- people that I've talked to have really, uh, related to just yeah. the, the idea of, uh, did it relate to you, Aaron, or did you, Do you have you talked to people as well?
1: Yeah. I mean, just even from the moment, um, that I heard part of the prologue all the way back, um, in, in 2019 before the book came out, um, just knowing sort of the circumstances of Navani um, having that sort of um, nagging pressure from Gavilar, you know, that... Gavilar's not a...
3: Gavilar dialogue was phenomenal
1: in that. So good. It was, oh, it was so great.
0: Good. It was great, but he's, uh, oh, he's such a... Uh,
1: I mean, just the things that he said to her, I just... Yeah. I. It was so realistic, but it was also like I can completely understand. And it definitely sounded like this was not the first time um that maybe conversations like that had happened before. Um No, I agree. It's it seems to be heavily
3: implication, right I agree. Yeah.
1: yeah, and you know, just to go through through years of that and sort of conditioning yourself to believe. That all you can amount to is just this, you know. I guess this wife of a of a king and and sort of just managing, sort of being sort of a busybody and just managing small things like parties and, and all that nice stuff. society. And, yeah, yeah. No. You can't possibly, you know, be involved with all this um science stuff related to this world. You're not important enough to to be here for these meetings or discuss this stuff and to discover things that even beings that had been original inhabitants of the world didn't know about. You know, it's just I mean that's huge. Oh yeah.
0: Yeah, like the whole yeah you you can't be a scientist. You just think you're a scientist, but really you're just throwing money at them because that's all you're capable of. Yeah, it's, uh, he's the word, he's awful, but. (laughs) Precise,
2: yeah. Yeah, yes, yes. So um, what I loved about like the preceding three books is that especially through Dalinar's lens, Navani is this brilliant mind and all the Fabrials that she gets, like the, the, the watches and all the things that she is capable of doing and her insights. And then you get to actually see Navani's internal monologue where she's like, i was just the mouthpiece i was the patron for all of these scholars but high society gave me credit because of my station as queen and i really appreciated that imposter syndrome of Navani acknowledging everyone thinks that it's me but it's every all these people that are like tangential to me but i get all the recognition because i'm the queen and I really liked Navani struggling with that, but I also really liked Navani's struggle with. Oh wait, I, I have this opportunity to like study and work with Fabriel's, work with Storm, like work with Void, like work work with Towerlight. But when she then has to say, Navani, don't lose focus. Navani, don't lose yourself. Realize what is really at stake. I think that was really impactful, and I think Sanderson did very well in developing Navani as a character who could say, like, no, like, who am I as a person? I am a queen, and I am a figurehead first and foremost, and my personal indulgences have to wait.
0: Yeah, I I think mean, that's true, but like, yeah, like, she she also, in this book, gets to really flex those things, uh, like with the imposter syndrome we were talking about, like, Really show, hey, I, I, I am the queen, but I can do all of the science engineering stuff that people, th- that I've been
2: thinking of myself
0: as, be- as maybe being able to do.
2: And I also think that Navani um, realizing that like the tower needs a queen and having that struggle of when am I a queen? When am I a sh- scholar? When am I a wife? When am I a mother? And one thing that I think Sanderson benefited from, from having, like, the little... I don't want to say it was a time jump, but, like, between books three and four... A time jump. Long, but, like, Navani is able to grieve for Gavilar, or uh, elicar in in between books three and four. So you don't need to see her shed tears for her lost son, especially since in the epigrams, you see her shed tears for Yasna when she feels like, I lost my daughter, and I was so distracted by the yeah. loss of my daughter that I didn't see all these other things coming toward me. Because there's specifically an epigram that actually says that. Um, but I'm glad that, like, They had so many facets of her as a character. She's a mother. She's a queen. She's a scientist. She is an intellectual. She is a friend. She is a lover. Um, She is a a cruise director. And like, uh, when I say that, and it's like when Kaladin's just like, I don't know what to do. And Navani's like, look, let, let me organize all these things. Kaladin, just listen to what I'm saying. I'll take care of everything else. Um, Nivani wore so many hats and she did it flawlessly. Um and I think Sanderson wrote her incredibly well in that capacity.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's
0: yeah. Yeah, you, you do sympathize with her a
2: lot, especially by the end of the book. I and you're rooting for her. I rooted more for Nivani than I did for Kaladin. Uh hmm,
0: interesting. Okay. I mean that makes sense. Given that it's her book, maybe just since Kaladin is one of my favorite characters ever, but also, yeah, like in this, and, and I really like a lot of the points and moments that he gets in this book. Uh,
2: well, but, the reason I say that is because Navani had uh, a warden, Navani had sh- like literal, uh, figurative shackles. Kaladin was in hiding, so Kaladin's oppressor. Was the shadows, if that makes sense. Yeah, Whereas Navani course, yes. had yes. actual physical um, people overseeing her and watching her. So I feel like for for me, it was like, oh, like I really want Navani to overcome the the oppression that he, she has from multiple fronts. Whereas with Kaladin, it's like, to I just want point. him to succeed on the mission.
0: Yeah, that's no, that's a good no, That that's a good point. That there's more that Navani has more things that she's juggling and figuring out both within her identity and plot wise with the tower. Um, I do want to, we should, do we want to talk about, I think we should talk about Raboniel now while we're yeah. talking about Navani, okay, because uh, they go kind of hand in hand, I think.
3: Yeah, uh, um, not only, as uh, so we get, um, her with. Um, because because as you said, Tim, um, it really becomes clear that she's she has all this history behind her. Thankfully, we all we get to see the anguish that comes from that history yep. or can come from that history as much as the benefits. So she's not just this like oh, I know all these things and I'm pow- more powerful because of it. <laughs> she also, her pain is also greater because of that longevity.
2: Because she's a mother and she has a daughter who cannot escape the shackles of that yeah. longevity. Mm-hmm.
0: Oh yeah, that 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 made her instantly not like sympathetic to, in the, to the degree where I understand what exactly, or like why you're doing some of the big picture things, but I understand it. You, you just want to and your daughter's suffering.
2: But I will say it was very satisfying when Navani was able to one up her with the the pain. Yes. Um uh Fabriel. Yep. And like in that moment, because you're just like, wait, okay, what's happening? Blah blah blah. And then and then she's like, and then the pain set in. <laughs> and it was just like, oh wow, like, um, yeah, cuz
3: she
1: didn't
3: find one. one chink. Yeah. It was I was... I'm just saying it was, one, it was just, she found one chink in the armor, the one like uh thing that she didn't see coming, like the these kind of things that she had set out. So there was she seemed to know everything that Devani was going to do except that. Yeah. Th- that was something that was easily overlooked. It's just like, "Oh, these are just, you know, boxes." Yeah. Extra I, boxes, I, you know.
0: No, and that's and it also points to the whole the scientist part of novelity where she notes, well, she had tested them on herself, so she knew exactly what to expect in order to overcome that. Which makes her a bamf. Yeah. No.
1: Oh yeah.
3: <laughs> yeah. That's a um a heck of a and, and just to to like what I was coyly saying before about um it being uh, her, her saying, "Journey before destination, you bastard." So that was um, a really vis- visceral, satisfying moment. I know that's one of your favorite mm-hmm. moments,
2: Johnny. Yeah, it's- <laughs> it, it was amazing. As I said in our um, group chat, like, wouldn't it have been amazing if it's just like did a Molly Reason and it's like journey before destination, but like it, it, it was so impactful. It was so amazing. Yeah, yeah. Because it's- we have all these this built up. Stuff about
0: Moash that she's that she's speaking to. Oh yeah, yeah, and it's 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 one of my top two one-liners in this series. The only I think like in the words that might just be a little more that that's more satisfying than honors. Deb, i will see what I can do, but the, I think the arena scene is still my number one just because of the buildup and all, like the con. It's just this perfect culmination of various moments for Kaladin. But this is is like the line itself, I think, is probably like is probably the best one liner so far.
2: (laughs) Yeah, really quick aside to that. One of my favorite one liners is End of Oathbringer, when Kaladin is so close to saying the fourth ideal because it's the battle at Kolinar and he's trying to be everywhere at once. And Kaladin is like realizing that he can't be everywhere. Mm -hmm. And then he realizes like, oh, I'm not good at what I'm doing because I can't be everywhere at once. And Syl says, oh, Kaladin. (laughs) And I remember reading that and being like, I'm missing something because I didn't know what the fourth ideal was, but like. Whatever it was that I missed was super important. But just remembering still saying like, oh Kaladin you, was one of my favorite one-liners. You are and and now it's it's
3: without listening to the audiobook, it's you could read that in a number of tones, but now it's pretty clear that it was like
2: so close. Yeah, it's like, oh Kaladin. Like it's like anxiousness and, and like anticipation and disappointment all in one.
0: It's funny, cause I initially read that as more of an Oh, Kaladin! Like almost a more of a like, she's trying to comfort him.
2: Yeah, that was that was the first instinct. My uh, first instinct too. Oh, 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 and then, oh, I, I yeah. really like that because for me it was just like, oh, you're oh, dude, you're, you're so was, close. Yeah. It was like it was like disappointment and comfort yeah. at the same time. Yeah, you know, it, yeah, because he was obviously right there. <laughs> mm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so one thing we haven't discussed at all in in tonight's conversation is the Shadesmart expedition. Yeah, exactly. Um, And do
3: we have time to discuss that? Yeah, I'd say we can go into that a bit. We have uh, Adolin, first and foremost, um, which I really like what they do with him. Um, I I like how um, he has this Sanderson kind of has this problem of you have this kind of uh, stereotypically handsome knight character who's put in this situation of be- lacking something that all of the other important soldiers have, so he's kind of relegated to it. And it would have been a possible direction to take him into this like sort of bitter place, like, oh, I'm not good enough. But it really more manifests as a sort of minor insecurity, which I like because yeah. um that that's more true to his character. He has, he is at heart an optimistic person. So I, I think that it's more realistic for him to just be like to, to him for him to sort of regroup and to be like, okay, I I don't have as much pull in this area as I would like. What else can I do? So that's sort of his character leading into this whole negotiation thing where it can be like, maybe I'll find my purpose here. Maybe I can do something for the that's a little more broad. Um, and then it just so happens that his good nature ultimately comes through for him in the end because it is his work with Maya that makes it so that that scene happens with her.
0: Yes. Uh first of all I loved that point. I love uh Adolin as everyone's cheer cheerleader. Uh yeah. <laughs> in, in particular Calad What? designer. But Slash fashion designer. Yeah. But yes, yeah. Sure? Yeah, I think that's like both like for Kaladin, but also obviously a lot with Shallan as well. And and Maya. <laughs> uh, but that's a little different, but yeah. Like, I just like, yeah, I really like Adolent as, I I, I put him up there with Samwise Gamgee in terms of, like, fictional characters that I would want to be friends with.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Very true. Yeah, there are many characters definitely in this series that, where you're like, yeah, you're interesting to read about, but not really to have a beer with. Yeah.
0: Right. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I, I I do want to touch again on the bar scene with Adolin. I'll probably touch on this again with Shalon, but yeah, I think that that scene with him, it's, while it's not any of the big things he does in Shadesmar, uh, with the stuff and lasting integrity, I think that it's still that that bar scene is kind of encapsulated with how he's able to just kind of him being his optimistic self is what Kaladin needs to not be alone and what. Uh, and what Shalon and her and her alters need to work through what they're working
2: through. That's very true. Mm-hmm. One thing I do really appreciate is that Sanderson very well established that pattern was not Shalon's first Spren because th- both in. Um, early on, um, and I think it was beginning of um, of um, words of radiance, where Shallan's like, "Oh wait, like I saw something floating around on the the you know uh, the cabin of my boat, and and Pattern acting like a new Spren, and then you're like, oh, but like Pattern's been around for forever, <laughs> and like having that sort of like um, that sort of incongruity." It was like, wait, no, no, no. Pattern acted like a new spren because Pattern was a new spren. So Testament being Shallan's original spren, it, it made sense to me and I was okay with it because Sanderson took the time to say like, no, I laid everything out. And um, it was actually my plan from the very beginning. And I really liked that because early on, I was really annoyed when Radiant and Veil vale were just like, but Shalon, shouldn't we tell them about the really big truth? And I'm like, D- didn't we just do that in book two? Like, didn't we uncover all that stuff in book two? That's like, what I was thinking, too. Yeah, it's just like, no, yeah. like, you-, you killed your parents. Like, I got that. Like, what else is there? But I really liked that, like, my frustration was resolved in that Sanderson said, like, no, reader, like... I know that that was like the first thing, but there was another thing as well.
3: Yeah, i like, I, I, you've, you've proven yourself to be good with reveals. I trust you. Right. I, there is something else here. You're not just going to be like, just do the same thing over again. So I, yeah. I de- definitely felt that. Um, I did, I, I didn't see any of that really early stuff. I will say that I saw pattern being sus. Um, before it was before it was like, oh maybe before she literally said, oh maybe it's pattern. Mm. Um just because he was being kinda shifty and crafty. Uh-huh. And then you also had the um the other cryptic and I was like, it's another cryptic. It's a dead eyes. That's probably the of uh, the other spread. So 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 it it was fairly clear to me i i guess um so
0: yeah, yeah I, i'm with you john as far as like i didn't catch the early stuff like in wave kings awards of radiance uh yeah I, I didn't quite get to that but it it's there enough and yeah there's enough little seeds like you'd said and with something being up with pattern That it the it works the reveal itself i think really
2: works at least like how that yeah.
0: scene was written
2: uh, well, and for me, and, and I talked about this with Jeff, but, like, immediately I thought, like, oh, no, Shalon has another personality. And then when they started mentioning formless, I was like, oh, it, it's formless. It's 100% formless. So even when Pattern was brought up as, like, Pattern lied to me and betrayed me, I was just like, no, 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 it's, it's this formless person, which I was wrong. But I wasn't, like, I was, like, 90% wrong. Yeah. Yeah. Because right. formless
3: sort of made that into the conflict that it was, yeah,,
1: mm-hmm.
3: and it not really being another personality was also really good, yeah, because it must be hard to recognize as yeah. someone with that condition where it's like, oh no, I'm just
2: this is just me being me, which is a, which is also the other personality well, and like and, like and, and she saying like she wanted to be formless was very much about addiction. Like, Shallan yeah. being like, I yeah. want to indulge in this darker side of myself so I don't have to face the truth. But then Radiant being like, yeah, I was the one that killed ILI. Like, it was me. It was me. And I did it as a form of deflection. Yep. But it's like, oh, that 100% makes sense. And, like, I would love to, like, reread that like early chapter and be like, okay, so Shallan and Vale were going back and forth? Like, where was Radiant during all that? Oh, uh, yeah, that, I, I, I bet that's enjoy.
0: what it is. Yeah, yeah. that's Point. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, and I, yeah, I thought that all of that worked well. I do in that scene, like there's, I, I think that, like, I, I really like kind of that. Uh, there's a moment where Pattern tells uh Shalon that wit, or Pattern said that wit told Shalon that she deserves love and trust. But I think that was important as well, like just. Another wit thing, but truly really sweet, and it's also like even though Pattern was being sus, he was still that he was still like there for Shalon.
3: Agreed. Oh, uh, yeah, it, it wasn't a sense of oh, he's um, he's going to be bad. It was just more like oh, right. This is this is uh, he's he's not he's being cryptic. Yeah. Yes. Well, and cool. I was
2: really surprised <laughs> when when. Pattern was talking with Wit, I was like, what the heck? But then when it was revealed that Wit bonded a cryptic, I was like, oh, that makes sense. Which again, realizing that it was reflection. But Wit being a light weaver, it's just like, but he was doing light weaving like way back in the day. Yeah, but- he got a wrong stormlight books but then also in in warbreaker he does a form of light weaving as well so it's just sort of like but wait, wait he needs a spren for that well uh and that's conversation for another time but yeah there's more a great about. multifaceted deflection on sanderson's part
3: i i, I like that term um yeah. and then needless to say the fulfillment uh, i'll call it that the fulfillment of veil um and and the, the the scene of her realizing her full potential and basically banishing formless and doing so um was really touching and I have to say I was concerned for patterns life because mm. he, his um like swirling face. It was described as slowing as Formis yeah. was talking to him. So I'm like, "Oh, if if she goes through with this, he's becoming a dead eyes." Mm-hmm. So I was I was I was concerned for that, and I think that that probably would have happened if Shalon hadn't pumped the brakes.
0: Like if if, right. if she had killed Kolek as formula. yes. If yeah. she had gone through with killing Kolek. that makes sense because. Like, like we, like we, were being all about truth, that formless would be like the ultimate form of her lying to herself. Because yep. like, Male and radiant is not; they're not her. She, they're recognized other entities within her, and formless is just is is just her not admitting that that's part of her. So yeah, that would make sense.
2: And formless is the equivalent of Moash. It's just like I feel nothing. I have no regret for my actions. And I don't care what the consequences are if I hurt someone. Mm-hmm. It's all about me. Yeah, the arm's length yeah. approach.
0: Yeah, 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 I like the arm's length. I like that, the arm's length approach. Yeah. So this
3: has been some good stuff, fellas. Um I think that we okay. will take on uh, not only some of the uh, other characters, um, but also maybe a, a few of the things that we missed about, um, some of the ones we've already talked about um, in the next episode. Um, does anyone have anything burning they want to say?
0: Nothing super... Nothing super new. I do want next... I will make sure we... I want to touch on the concluding stuff from Kaladin. And... Uh, oh confirmation that Shalon well that certainly veil vale slash Shalon is by in the bar scene uh is a fun oh to- yes, that is I, I i
3: think i i for some reason i'm like I see that even though
2: I didn't see that yeah i i, I oh yeah, and then like like so are, are like Yasna and Callum the only like two characters that have sworn the fourth ideal at this point. That we know of, yeah, right, right. yeah.
0: But and Shalon's also—I don't think she's not swung the fourth ideal. But what ideal
2: is she on? Is a mess. And I have um, a theory though that like Tara Vagmi and i can't remember her name—like may have sworn a, the fourth ideal. A,
0: I we have no—I don't know anything. I don't think we know much of
2: anything about her,
0: so she might have.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I feel like like she's at the level as a Dustbringer, because, like, she she was a Knight's Radiant, like, way before a lot of other characters. Because I feel like Teravagnian had, like, had her in his back pocket before he started executing a lot of his plans. But, again, conversation for another time. But, yeah, I feel like the, the magic systems and where the Knight's Radiants are and... um, We barely talked about the sibling and Navani. We didn't even mention Navani as a bondsmith, so we have a lot to yeah. keep going with yeah
3: but uh that will be next time i think um until then uh, we're your hosts john and johnny and we have tim and aaron and we'll see you next time